Thanks for listening to another podcast from C3 Calgary West. Our hope is that this message will equip and inspire you in your walk with God. For more information about our church, check out our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram at C3 Calgary West. guys are crazy braving the roads that early, right? You're much smarter, this group, I think, right? Coming a little bit later after things have been, you know, cleaned a bit, yeah. I can tell you guys look super intelligent this morning, and uh, man, what a week, hey? Like, just the blizzard of blizzards, just, oh my gosh, I was working yesterday, and uh, I'm, I'm a firefighter, and uh, I'm glad that I didn't work last night, let's just say that, because man, that would have been busy. On my way to church this morning, uh, as we were getting up and leaving, we hit Stony Trail, and between the first overpass, like when we exited onto Stony Trail, and the next one, there was like 15 cars on the side of the road, just abandoned. I thought, oh man, yeah, last night would not have been a good night to work. So anyways, hopefully you guys braved the storms, got here safe and sound, and it's really good to see you. I'm just always so encouraged when the house gets together on days like this, when there's all the reason in the world to not come into church, but you're just like, no, I I just need a touch from God, or I just want to worship, or I just want to feel his presence, or I just need some community. I just love that Jesus said he was going to build his church and the gates of hell won't withstand it. The weather is not going to withstand it. Storms aren't going to withstand it. There's nothing that's going to stop the gospel from being preached and from lives being changed. So thank you so much for being here this morning. Um, I've got a word uh, that I want to share with you, uh, and as I was preparing my message this week, I, I tried to think of a title first. And so I thought, oh, what's next? So I typed in what's next. And then I stared at the screen like, yeah, what is, what is next? And I was thinking about Easter. How great was Easter? Did everybody have a good Easter? Did you like meals and turkey or ham or just? Easter is my favorite holiday. Absolutely my favorite holiday. And I know there's a lot of you that are thinking like, rubbish, that's crazy. Christmas is way better. I get gifts. Or even just my birthday is better than Easter. Like, nobody gives me gifts on Easter. But, but I just love being intentional with my time around Easter and thinking about the time leading up to the cross, the cross, and, and then the triumphant victory on Sunday morning. And, and how many of you were here for Easter services? It was so phenomenal. Just like give a big hand to everybody that served. Thank you so much. It was such an incredible morning. The, the worship team was just on fire, as they always are, as they were this morning. But there's just something so powerful about Easter. I just get so fired up about it. And I think, um, you know, usually Brittany and I would watch like The Passion of the Christ, which is an incredible movie, absolutely incredible movie. My only complaint with it is that it doesn't, I mean, we see kind of at the very end of the movie, just this little, oh, like Jesus is there, he's alive. But it almost portrays it in, in this, hor- like this horrible way of like, it's so sad and it's so, you know, like it was a mistake, like the whole thing was a mistake. And I know it doesn't really, but a little bit, right? Like you get that sense like, oh, what a tragedy, right, as you watch that movie. And there was nothing but absolute victory. It wasn't a tragedy. It was the ultimate victory for all time. And I think about the greatest gift that I have ever received, that we could ever receive, and that happened because of Easter, because of the cross. So yes, I do get a gift. I did get a gift. And I continue to walk in that gift every single day. But I just love being intentional about it. There's nobody like Jesus. Do you know that? Not anybody. And there never will be. Every other religion, every other worldview, spiritual system outside of Christianity was founded by somebody who was dead and in a grave somewhere. 
Jesus, the tomb is empty. Right? It's empty, you guys. Come on, that's something to be excited about. We know the creator of the universe who died for us, paid the price for us, and he's alive today. That gets me fired up thinking about Easter. Every other worldview, every other religious system is based on people trying to do something to impress God or doing something to reach God. But we believe that God did everything to reach us. He flips it completely upside down. I just love Easter. And I, I get to the, the end of Easter and through the week, and I, I don't know about you guys, but personally, Brittany and I, uh, we had a really tough week this week. Our three-month-old, Jacob, got sick for the first time this week, and we're new parents. So, you know, he had like a, a half a degree temperature, and we were like, oh my goodness, what do we do? Is he going to die? Like, help us, God. And, and it, he didn't sleep one night at all, not like a minute. Um, Brittany is such a warrior. She stayed up with him all night one night, and I thought, I don't know how you do that. That's absolutely incredible, and she just rocked him the whole night. But it was a tough week, and, uh, and right after Easter, you know, that you come off of this incredible high, or if you've ever been to a conference, you're like, wow, that was so amazing. I feel so empowered. What great change, like what great information, like what all this stuff. And then you get Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you're just sort of like, yeah, now what, right? So the title of my message, now what? I'm glad you guys asked. <laughs> um, let me just pray before I get too far into this. Would you pray with me, guys? Awesome. Father, thank you so much for this weekend. Thank you so much for every single person that's here and all the people that chose not to come in today, Lord. We just bless them and we pray that you would be with them. And I thank you so much that you have a word in season for right now for me and for us, Father God. So I pray that you would help me to communicate that in the time that's given. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen. I love the cross, you guys. I get really excited about the cross. I get really excited about Jesus. And uh, let's just, uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, why don't you turn to John chapter 20, verse 19 to 22. This is the text that I want to read out of primarily today. Um, I was thinking about the cross, and I was thinking a couple weeks ago, Pastor Warren preached a message where he talked about a few of the statements that Jesus made from the cross. And I was thinking, yeah, that's, that's awesome, like his final words before, like on the cross before he died. But then I thought, you know, for us today, what's next? We don't live on Friday. We're people who are Resurrection Sunday, empowered, alive. So what were Jesus' words post-resurrection to the church, to his, the, the believers, the people that he carried and was closest to in life? So he said a lot of things, but let's just look at um, John chapter 20, verse 19 to 22. That evening, the disciples gathered together, and because they were afraid of reprisals from the Jewish leaders, they had locked the doors to the place where they met. But suddenly, Jesus appeared among them and said, Peace to you. Then he showed them the wounds on his hands and his side, and they were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. Jesus repeated this greeting, Peace to you. And he told them, Just as the Father has sent me, now I'm sending you. Then taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. This morning... I believe that there's three statements that Jesus makes here that contain everything that you need for this day and every other day of your life. These three statements have the power to radically change everything about who you are, about where you're at, about what you're dealing with. And I believe that this is a message of life for the church. Absolutely everything can change today. 
The first statement is, peace be with you. The second, I'm sending you. And the third, receive the Holy Spirit. Peace, purpose, and power. Peace, purpose, and power. That's all we need. Say peace. Peace. You guys are so good. (laughs) I feel like that was like 10 times louder than first service, and there's like half of you here than there was there. (laughs) Guys are awesome. I love you. The thing that we lack the most, I think, today is peace. I know for, for me personally, I definitely, there are moments where I lack peace. Right? And, and, and why not let fear and anxiety you know, fight for control of our hearts? Because there are a lot of things going on in our day-to-day lives and in this world that are not good. Like, look what happened in Sri Lanka last week. What a tragedy. Followers of Jesus, believers in Jesus, were murdered. Like, it's hard not to let fear just enter into your heart in those moments. And that's far away. Like, we've got our own daily issues as well. Um... Like I said, Jacob was super sick this week. Uh, I, didn't, uh, I almost didn't come into church this morning, but Pastor Stephen's like, you're preaching, so you have to. So I was like, okay, fine, I will. But you know, like you get a couple nights without sleep, and all of a sudden you're like, I'm not feeling peace right now, right? Why not let fear control your life? And I just love that one of the first things that Jesus says to his followers in that room is, peace be with you. Man, the first thing, peace. So refreshing, more than just a greeting, a blessing for them and for you guys and girls, inclusive. <laughs> um, right before Jacob was born, like a week before he was born, in January, I, uh, I had left my cell phone at the church one night, and uh, I worked the next morning, and it's, oh, it's too late to go back to the church, so instead I decided I would get up at like 4.30 and drive out to the church from where we live in northwest Calgary, pick up my phone, and then head straight into work. And uh, got my phone, yay, that's awesome. I'm on my way to church, and my car just totally craters. Or on my way to work, pardon me, and my car just like dies. It's like, no peace in that moment, I can tell you. (laughs) My baby's about to be born at any moment. He literally could be born in the next five seconds, and my car just dies on my way to work, like, Oh, man, like, God, what is going on? Why did that have to happen right now? We've got a million situations in our life that are robbing us of peace. But I just love it that that Jesus says peace, and that's a promise that he keeps. That's a promise for us. Matthew 28, verse 10 says, Then Jesus said to them, Throw off your fears. Luke 28, 28, Why should you be so frightened? Don't let doubt enter your hearts, for I am. Luke 28, 36, be at peace. I am the living God. Don't be afraid. Peace is a promise he keeps. And for some people here this morning, you're not feeling peace. You're feeling everything but peace. But you are going to get faith and peace entered back into your heart. You're going to experience peace again. It's a promise he keeps. Jesus is the prince of peace. Um, uh, 1 Peter Uh, chapter 5 and verse 7, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He does. Philippians 4, 6 to 7, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In those moments, 
when the car's broken down, I'm stuck on the side of the road, I gotta be at work in five minutes, and I'm thinking like, our babies do at any moment, like the last thing I need is a car that's totally destroyed. I worked in the automotive industry for a long time before I became a firefighter, and I was thinking this is, you know, my 2003 car that's worth almost nothing right now just died. <laughs> like I needed, it, it, it's a Honda, so it shouldn't, right? Like it, that thing is literally bulletproof, where it should be. And uh, it's only got like 200,000 kilometers on it. Like I'm golden, I'm gonna get like 10, 15, 20 more years out of this car. And now it's dead. <laughs> And I'm stuck on the side of the road. And I find that in those moments, I get so focused on everything, the situation, and I forget about including Jesus in what's going on in my life. So I, I, I did get it into work. I, I, was managed, I managed to get into work, and then I, I ended up leaving it at work in the parking lot for a couple of weeks. Jacob was born, and I'm just like, I'm not going to deal with the car. But in that time, I was calling auto wreckers because I'm like, man, I, I like... Can you come tow it off of my hands and pay for the tow and maybe give me 50 bucks for scrap parts or something like that? And nobody was responding to me. I didn't get any callbacks. And I'm like, come on, like the doors are worth something. Like it's good tires, winter tires. I was telling them like, hey, I got like brand new winter tires and all, but I didn't get any calls and thank God I didn't because a week or two later, I happened to be working with a guy that was a mechanic uh, at the fire hall before he became a firefighter. And he's like, let's just go out and have a look at the car. So we, we tinkered around with it after work. And he's like, Matt, I think it's actually something really easy. It's this. And it, and it cost me like 50 bucks to finish, to fix. 50 bucks. No, 150 bucks. What am I saying? $150 to, to fix. But it robbed me of so much peace. But it was, it was crazy. Just, just before that, I had said, you know what? If we lose the car and I don't get any money for it, Whatever. I was praying to God, I was like, God, this is the situation. And he's like, Matt, you've got two cars. Some people don't have a roof over their head. Some people don't have food. I was like, you know what, you're absolutely right. I'm going to be totally fine. If I get no money for this car, it doesn't even matter. And then it, it flipped around. It, I have a working car again. Thank you, Jesus. That's so good. Like, Peace is available to us, but we've got to take our eyes off the situation and put our eyes to him. That's called prayer. And it's so simple. Like, there's a lot of different types of prayer, but let's just keep it simple. God, here's what's going on in my life. I need you to come in and be Lord and Savior. And he will, you will find that he will lead you in a direction that you never thought you would go in. He will give you ideas and thoughts about what you should do next that you would have never come to on your own. He's the Prince of Peace. Point number two, purpose. Say Purpose. Let's look again at John uh, chapter 20, verse 21. Jesus repeated the saying, peace to you. And then he told them, just as the Father has sent me, now I'm sending you. This part gets me really excited. <clears throat> as, as a young kid, I remember just wanting to conquer the world. You know, like when you're little, did anybody else want to just like do amazing things when you're about this high? Like, I'm going to be the ruler of the world. You know, it's just really silly thing. But, but it comes from this place that each and every one of us has a deep longing for purpose in our lives, right? And then I remember the incredible frustration when I was a teenager about to graduate high school and they're like, what do you want? And parents are like, what do you want to be? Aunts and uncles, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? And thinking like, I have no idea. And that feeling of like, I don't even know what my purpose is. I'm not, I don't know what I'm here for. And uh, I became a firefighter in 2010, and I thought, you know, this is it, right? This is my purpose. Great calling, great job, you know, good hours. And 
you know, half-decent pay, but cool stuff. You get to do a lot of cool stuff. And I thought, this is going to be my, my purpose. And then how many people walk into the dream job and then realize that they have bad days there too, right? Like, I, and I, don't, I love my job. Don't get me wrong. I, like, 85% of the time, 75% of the time, I love coming into work. And I, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not always purposeful. It doesn't feel refreshing, refilling every single day. But Jesus gave us the ultimate purpose, a purpose that we can carry with us all the way until our last day before we're with him, and that's to build his church. He said, just as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. That's a message for every single one of us. Every single one of us has a gift and a talent and an ability. Every single one of us is important, and together we walk this mission out of reaching the lost and the brokenhearted together. If you aren't serving in the church already, I just, please, the biggest change that ever happened in my life was when I just said, I need to be a part of what God is doing here. In some small way, I just need to put my hands to something. The greatest purpose is found walking out, building the church in community. And some of you are thinking like, well, I just don't know what's next. Like, we don't have to overcomplicate this, right? Like, we read some of these scriptures, like Matthew 28, verse 19, it says, go in my authority and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter one, verse eight, you will be my messengers in Jerusalem, Judea, distant provinces, and even to the remotest places of the world. And we think about that and like, am I supposed to be a missionary and go and like by myself to some crazy war-torn country and start preaching the gospel and baptizing people? I, I don't even know what the Bible says. I don't even know how to pray. And let's not overcomplicate it. God is building the church here. He's building a local church, a family of God. Sometimes you do have that calling, right? But sometimes you're called to be just planted right here. And we want to help you to know what your role and what your gifts are. So come out to Next Steps next week. That's what it's here for. It's not here for us. It's not here for the leaders. It's here for anybody that's not sure what they're supposed to be doing next, right? Get in a connect group. Oh my goodness, get around some people who genuinely want to know you, who want to love you, who want to walk through difficult times together. Christianity is not a solo sport. It's a team sport. It's a family coming together strong, right? We support each other. But it is clear as believers our mandate is to build. It's, it is to go into all the world. But we don't, let's not make it complicated. Um... Point number three, power. Say power. power. You guys are awesome. Um, John t- chapter 20, verse 22. It says, Then taking a deep breath, he blew on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. This is something that, as Christians, we need to get excited about. Not only did Jesus pay the ultimate price, paid for every sin, not at wholesale, every sin, every trespass, every iniquity, so that we could be in relationship with the Father, so that we could be forgiven of everything. Not only did he do that, he didn't just take off and say, see you later, good luck. He gave us the Holy Spirit to empower us to do the impossible because the Christian life is impossible. I'm absolutely convinced of it. It's, it's nuts. It's actually crazy. Have you read the Bible? It's nuts. <laughs> I've, I, like almost every time I open it, I'm like, <laughs> Get out of town. Forget it. It's completely impossible without the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit, piece of cake. 
sort of. <laughs> Still hard, <laughs> but totally doable. Totally doable. If you're not walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, you're like a, a one-legged man in a uh, two-legged race. <laughs> you're just not going to make it, right? And I'm not even talking about a one-legged man with a prosthetic, like just one leg. It, it, do you know what I mean? No, because some of them have the blades. and Anyways, you, it's a whole thing. Yeah, my point is you, you cannot live out the Christian life without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And I find that in, in the Christian world that, that the Holy Spirit is the misunderstood part of God oftentimes. Like everybody understands Jesus, I think, for the most part, right? And we should because he was, he was human just like us. Like he was a man just like us. So we get that. And the father, well, I've, I've had a father, maybe not a good one, but, you know, so we can kind of identify or understand the father. But the Holy Spirit, for some people, is just like, I don't know, like, sort of this ethereal thing. And it's, Anyways, he's just over there. He's just over there, and, you know, I'm just going to worship Jesus and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I want to talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. He has emotions. He has feelings, Right? He's here right now. He's the only member of the Trinity that's still on earth, active and at work, empowering believers, empowering the church to do the impossible. He changes our hearts. He changes our minds. He equips us. He gives us abilities, talents. He gives us strength. He sustains us. He gives us peace. And he points us back to the Father and back to Jesus in everything that we're doing. It's the secret sauce of living a Christian life. And if you're not doing it, man, you've got to. You've absolutely got to. In Luke chapter 3, verse 16, John the Baptist says, I can only baptize you in this river, but he, speaking of Jesus, will baptize you in the spirit of holiness into a raging fire. The Holy Spirit is energy creativity, raw power. And I need some power every single day. Acts 1 verse 8, I promise you this, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be filled with power. The Holy Spirit is misunderstood, but he's not weird, he's not strange, he's just a person. God, here on earth, empowering us to do incredible things. In Galatians 5 verse 22 to verse 23, says the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. How many of you need one of those things? Show of hands. One, how many of you need all of those things? Yeah, that's me. Daily. You know? He said tough week this week. Holy Spirit, I need patience. I need peace. I need joy. I need all of these things daily, daily. And they're so available. And the great thing is that we don't have to do some weird ritualistic thing. It's so simple. Our walk with God and with the Holy Spirit is a relational walk, just like it is with Ronnie and I or Jeremy and I or any of you. If I want to know how you're doing, what do I do? Hey, mate, what's going on? How you doing? Or, Pastor Stephen, this is happening right now. I, I'm struggling. 
And he can comfort me in those moments. And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. It's that easy. You just give it over to God. Lord, this is what I'm experiencing. This is what I'm going through. Even when things are good, Holy Spirit wants to celebrate with you in all of these moments. He's a person. He's real. And he's just as close as the closest friend and closer. Our greatest need as a church is to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Our greatest need as believers is to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's not complex. It's not difficult. It's, it's so incredibly easy. Jesus blew gently on his followers and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Peace and purpose, they don't come without the Holy Spirit. Just cross out those other points and any other notes that you might have made and just power. Just circle that. That's the Holy Spirit. If I can get the band to come up. I've, uh, has anybody seen um, one of those firefighter TV shows? Has anybody watched any of those? None of you? Really? Oh. <laughs> They're terrible anyway. Don't ever bother watching them. <laughs> so unrealistic. I've only seen clips. I'm like, get out of here. This, that's not real. It's totally ridiculous. But movies and TV shows give us this uh, impression that when we do CPR on people, when they've had a heart attack, that, oh, just hammer away, like, live, you know, <laughs> live, he's got a strong heart, he wants to live, and they just, you know, pop up off the ground, and nothing could be further from the truth. Um, about 10% of people that have a heart attack who get CPR uh, and are defibrillated early live, about 10%. That's a pretty low number. Uh, I've done CPR on many people, more than I can remember, more than I can count. And I'm going to tell you that every single time I go to a call, a cardiac arrest call, I say, Holy Spirit, come and fill me with power. Help me have my best day on somebody's worst. And I have seen more people live far higher than the statistic, somewhere 50% or above of people that I have responded to. That's a lot better than 10%. You know, some people, sometimes it's your time to go be with the Lord. But I can't imagine walking a single day of my life without the power of the Holy Spirit. And I can't imagine doing my job. I can't imagine being part of the church. I can't imagine being a husband. I can't imagine being a friend. I need the power of the Holy Spirit working in my life. And church, you do too. Do you want to stand with me? Our greatest need is that fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity that if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit and power, I want to lay hands on you. I want to pray for you to experience that. And I also want to pray for some people that even if you have, and that has been your experience, and you do walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe there's some people here today that feel a little bit dry. And I just want to say that walking out your life with the Holy Spirit isn't just you got prayed for it once, and you receive it, and then you're just... I don't need anything else. I don't need to go back. No, like I constantly need to go back to that well every single day and say, Lord, fill me fresh. In chapter four of Acts, the apostles have this incredible experience where they're in court in the Sanhedrin and they're being accused of all these kinds of things. And, and uh, it's a miraculous story. Go ahead and read it. And uh, at the end of it, when they get out, they meet with the other disciples and, and the church and they celebrate and it says they're filled again. 
It's not just a one-time experience. It's daily if you want it. I'm telling you, I want peace. I want patience. I want joy. I want faithfulness. I want, I want all the gifts that the Holy Spirit has in my life. Why would I not just take everything that he has for me every single day? Why don't we just close our eyes right now? I always want to offer an opportunity that if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, this message is all about that. We don't live just on Friday. We live in the resurrection power of Sunday. And if you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, I want to offer you that opportunity right now. I'm not going to ask you to come down to the front. I just want you to raise your hand in just a moment if that's you. It's just as simple as saying, yes, Jesus, I haven't, I haven't made you the Lord of my life, but I'm ready to right now. And by raising your hand, you're not raising it to me, you're just raising it to him. There always needs to be some sort of a corresponding action to something that's going on in your heart. So if that's you and you want to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, or you want to rededicate yourself, maybe you came away or you've, you've kind of been away from the Lord and you want to come back, would you just raise your hand right now? Again, you're not raising it to me, you're just raising it to him. Okay, so good. And I said at the beginning that some people are going to experience peace. Maybe that's what you need this morning. It's just a touch of peace. You're going to get that through the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to baptize you in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you've never experienced this before, it is so easy. It's not weird. It's not strange. Nothing could be simpler. Jesus just blew on his followers. Receive the Holy Spirit. And it will radically change your life. So if that is you, I want you to come out of your seat and down to the front right now. If you need a little peace, if you need a little patience, if you need a little bit of faith, if you need any of these things that, that Paul talks about in Galatians, kindness, life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, strength and spirit, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, kindness in action. If that's you and you aren't experiencing that this morning, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to function in that. You can function in a greater life. You can function in power. You can function in strength. The Holy Spirit doesn't come and just take you over and make you into a robot. You get to say exactly who you are. God loves you exactly the way you are, but he wants to come alongside you. The Holy Spirit works with us and through us. He doesn't want just mindless robots. So if that's you this morning, then you haven't experienced it, or you have, but you're feeling a little, a little bit dry, why don't you come forward right now? And I wanna lay hands on you and I wanna pray with you. And the worship team is gonna go into a song. And then after it, Pastor Stephen is gonna get up and close the service. But if at any point you just feel that little tug on your heart, just respond right now. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.